Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Gizmo in half an hour. Going to be fun. Part of Greedy great, Gold's Great Cup Week here on Inside Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. I also want to remind you that uh, there's a 50-50 presented by Sentinel Storage in support of the uh, Winifred Stewart's Joey Moss Memorial Fund. And uh, this is going to be... This will be coming up. I thought it was the... the, Is it not the 22nd? What I have here says the 21st. But it's it's this weekend. You can go to the uh, E website to check it out. My next guest might be able to help with this too. But yeah, this is awesome. Of course, we lost Joey a few weeks ago, but uh, Winifred Stewart, where he was a big part of that organization. So uh, the E Sentinel Storage getting uh, going here with a 50-50 to help Joey's Memorial Fund. So the winner's going to get half and all the uh, remaining proceeds will go to the Memorial Fund. So that is pretty cool. You'll be able to purchase that on the weekend and i'm pleased to welcome back to the show jerry haraxi he's the chairman of the spirit of edmonton jerry thanks for checking in tonight how are you doing i'm doing well thanks for having me good do I, that uh i don't know if you have the 50 50 i it's the 22nd right yeah it's it's sunday afternoon uh, sunday day all day actually they uh, they're going to open their website um to purchase tickets at 10 a.m and i believe it's going right till 8 p.m all day sunday so uh, really exciting. Hopefully they, uh, you know, you know how Edmontonians are with their 50-50s. Uh, hopefully they sell it out and uh, money's going to a great cause. I, I seem to remember some other online 50-50s that went very well in the summer. And quite frankly, I seem to remember um, some in, in a stadium and in an arena that <laughs> for both teams that have gone well over the years as well. So, yeah, it is it is Sunday. Sorry about that. I just I glanced yeah. at the... Uh, a part of the page that said the 21st, but it's, it, it is indeed the 22nd. Well, thanks yeah. for checking in. What, well, like pretty different for you. Would you not usually have been getting on a plane around now? Yeah. You know, it's um, this week to really hit home. It started, it started Labor Day, you know, we're not having the game on TV and uh, the the football team not playing in Calgary. It, it kind of hit home that man, this is real and we're not doing anything. And so I started the ball rolling at, let's do something for Grey Cup. And like, you know, tonight, tonight my bags would have been packed at the back door. Um, you know, the whole crew, all, all 20 of us from the Spirit of Edmonton would have been jumping on a flight to Regina tomorrow and, and get together to throw again the 47th straight year of the best party and CFL fan experience at Grey Cup. 47 years. Who, who first started it? Who's, whose brainchild was this? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I've met a few of the, uh, the older uh, gentlemen that were original Spirit of Edmontons, but uh, Bruce Kelty and Keith Keating are really my mentors, and uh, Bruce did it for years and years and years. And um, you know, before that, I, I know Rick Lawlisher was involved, and um, there's a, a list of strong, prominent Edmontonians uh, that started it. And they started it because there was just nothing to do at Grey Cup, and they thought they would just have a party with a bunch of CFL fans. And it started out just as a hotel room party. 
And um, in Edmonton, for instance, in 2018, we had 2,000 people at two different breakfasts, so 4,000 people total. Our room capacity was sold out every night at uh, 1,700 people. You know, um, so it's it's grown into this uh, big, beautiful Canadiana event. Well, it's it's awesome to see, and uh, you know we had Jeff McQuinney, the keeper of the Grey Cup, on the show last night. They have Grey Cup Unite. You can go to GreyCupUnite.ca, check out everything going on. Uh, the Double E has 14 days of Grey Cup presented by the Brick. We're doing our uh, Green and Gold Grey Cup week. Started yesterday with Brian Kelly, the Giz tonight, Stafford and Bowman tomorrow. So th- there's still a lot going on, w- w- which is cool. And you guys are, are well, I guess you're still rocking and rolling. Tell me the highlights of what's coming up. Yeah, like I said, we started uh, started planning this in September, and we were going to do um, a couple of live events with live entertainment, typical Spirit of Edmonton stuff. And then, as um, you know, back in September, the guidelines weren't as strict, and as AHS released more guidelines and and tightened the belts, we uh, we just thought the best thing to do is uh, let's just keep this virtual. So we're really excited to announce uh, that this Saturday on the twenty twenty first. We will be live from the Production World Studios. Um, we will be, we just announced on our social media, the Sirius XM Grey Cup Unite concert series featuring Edmonton's own Dan Davidson. Dan is going to be live for a one-hour concert. Um, we're going to uh, flip the switch at 4 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. We have some dignitaries that are going to be sending in some uh, some video speeches so that uh, nobody's in the room except for Dan Davidson and his band. Um, so we have uh, the Minister of Culture is going to be speaking. Randy Ambrosi is going to be speaking. We have our good friend Jeff McWinney uh, with the Great Cup. He'll be speaking on behalf of uh, CFL Hall of Fame uh, in our room. And we'll have a few other dignitaries. And then we're going to throw it right over to uh, Dan Davidson. And for those of you that know Dan, he is a fantastic Edmonton artist. Uh, his country rock shows are high energy, typical spirit of Edmonton stuff. And we're really looking forward to uh, to having Dan uh, go live. And then right after Dan's show, we have a one-hour uh, concert presentation from Moncton's Spoiled Rotten, who have been our house band uh, since 2010, when we found them in Moncton at Touchdown Atlantic. And uh, they've been traveling with us all over Canada every year, and we're really happy uh, to have them via video uh, for an hour afterwards so uh, everything can be hooked up on the ee football team facebook page Uh, we will be linking it with our facebook page as well and the cfl is going to be linking it to their website and so our total reach could be 300,000 canadians and it would be so cool just to have you know hundreds of thousands of people again celebrating what i think is always the best weekend in canada it just brings everybody together for a great time well, I, I love that you're still doing stuff, Jerry, and, and I love that you're you're doing it safely and responsibly and, and, and working around everything, but still bringing people a, a chance to have a party and, and have some great music and, and do it under in the climate that we're in, which, which is awesome for you guys, because it would have been easy to throw your hands up and say, not this year. So you so you're still it's just a, it's just a different way to connect. I guess I guess that's what we've we found out through this through this whole process. So, again, the double uh, E football team Facebook page, Spirit of Edmonton Facebook. Facebook page. Sorry, starts at four in the afternoon Saturday. Yeah, four in the afternoon on Saturday. We'll uh, we'll go. We'll have. We'll be live, and then we're going to go to our canned uh, speeches and dignitaries, and then we'll uh, we'll throw it back to again Dan Davidson, a, a fantastic Edmonton artist. And um, you know, I really want to thank the CFL for reaching out to the Spirit of Edmonton and and uh, the EE football team as well. Sirius XM again sponsoring this event. Um, 
at the Spirit of Edmonton. It's just, I'm so excited. You know, for me, for me, Spirit of Edmonton is like waking up Christmas morning and just getting out there with all of our fans. And you can't do that this year. And I'm really excited about Saturday. And and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll have a huge fan base to party with. And uh, we're not going to share the sluice juice recipe, but if people <laughs> want to make it up themselves, uh, they're more than welcome to um, to tilt the sociable. Uh, tilt the sluice juice and, and yell out a sociable uh, for everybody to hear. Well, I, that was my next question to ask you to spill the recipe. So no luck there, I guess. <laughs> Jerry Haraxi, chairman of Spirit of Edmonton, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. From, from your experience just at Grey Cups, whether it's been in Edmonton or like it was in 18 and 10 and in the past or as, as you've traveled around, what are what are some memories you really take with you? Of course, there's the game and, hey, we've won some, we've lost some, other cities have won some and lost some, but what... Is there a, a story or just a vibe that really sticks with you about Great Cup Week? You know what's really neat is um, so we we've always the Spirit of Edmonton is totally separate from the EE football team. We're not affiliated other than uh, a good friendship. So you know we need sponsors and and um, everything to to get us from place to place and and we always go kind of outside of the main festival site. Last year in Calgary, we decided to go with everybody else. So we were right next door to the Stamps House, right next door to Regina. Um, and I was a little nervous because I thought, well, we have all these people. Are we going to be as successful as ever? We opened up on Thursday at 4 o'clock in Calgary last year. And this is when it really hit home how powerful the spirit of Edmonton is. We were lined up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and we stayed lined up the whole night while the other rooms didn't even have 150, 200 people in them. You know, it was people that wanted to get into the spirit of Edmonton and I've always said the Thursday night of the spirit is homecoming night it's where everybody gets together with their friends and their fans once a year um, on the Thursday to reunite and it's always done at the spirit of Edmonton and that that to me was really um, when it really hit home how powerful our brand is and how special it is uh, you know to be part of the spirit of Edmonton yeah well jerry I, I appreciate you having you on the show i mean it's it, it what, what's the cool thing about the great cup is is spirit of edmonton and and the the things that other fan bases do it's as much a part of the week as the game itself that's that's the amazing thing about it it is you know our our breakfast um is is the hardest ticket to get at great cup week it's harder than a, than a, than a game ticket you know, we depending on where we go, we we try to fit 1,500 people seated at breakfast. And um, I mean, like I said, in Edmonton, within three weeks, we sold 4,000 seats, so we were sold out. Last year in Calgary, it took us about seven weeks to uh, to sell out. Um, I think we had 1,700 seated at breakfast last year. You know, so um, I mean, the breakfast it, it, it's a lot of work. The whole week is a lot of work for all of us. There's 20 of us on the committee that work all year round. We had a conference call earlier tonight, and it was the first time we were all talking to each other in, in eight months. And it was really emotional um, to, to talk to everybody again and know that we would have been together at the airport tomorrow heading to Regina for five days of, of craziness. So, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm proud and honoured to, to run this committee. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, Spirit of Edmonton Facebook page, that's the best way to for people to go check everything out? Yeah, or the EE football team's uh, Facebook page. That's where the live stream will be on Saturday. Uh, we'll probably open it up about 15 minutes before. And um, if it's not up at 345, just be patient because at 4 o'clock, uh, get ready to rock. It's going to be a great show for two hours. Right on. Hey, Jerry, thanks for checking in tonight. I hope everything goes awesome this week and, and with the show on Saturday. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Reid. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, nice chatting with you as well. And we'll chat again maybe from Hamilton next year.
Yeah, well, hopefully before then, but absolutely. That is yeah. Jerry Haraxi checking in tonight, chairman of the Spirit of uh, of Edmonton. Uh, I remember in 2018 going to uh, go into the room and, and uh, listening to some music and having a beverage or two, and it was just an incredible night and uh, a lot of energy, a lot of energy. It certainly is Canada's biggest party whenever there's Grey Cup Week, and they'll they'll try to keep that spirit alive. Uh, again, greycupunite.ca, and then the Spirit of Edmonton stuff. Go to the double E football team facebook page to to check out the concert starting at four o'clock on saturday and again the the 50 50 for the winifred stewart association's joey moss memorial fund that'll go that'll start at 10 a.m that'll start at 10 a.m on sunday to snap up a ticket for that all right quick timeout inside sports on jet Speaking of the double E football team's Facebook page, that's where I watched the video earlier today of the Jackie Parker fumble return from the 1954 Grey Cup, which I have on my Twitter poll of your favorite play in double E Grey Cup history. Uh, the other choices, Gizmo's missed field goal return for a touchdown, which has the lead. And don't forget, the Giz is coming up after the 7.30 news. Dave Cutler's game-winning field goal in 1981 to complete the big comeback against the Ottawa Rough Riders. And 2005, the third and four deep throw raid of Mookie Mitchell to get a first down, keep the drive alive. The Eskimos would get a touchdown, go ahead. Montreal would tie it, and Edmonton wins in overtime. Well, I've talked to Mookie about that play, and... He said you know, he was running this deep pattern, but uh, I think he said Hervey and Tucker and, and maybe another receiver was just kind of running a short, get the four or five yards, turn around and let Ricky hit you with the ball. And Mookie's going out on his pattern thinking Ricky's generally a conservative quarterback. He's going to make the safe high percentage throw, get the yardage and we'll keep the drive going. And he looks up and he sees the ball coming at him. Ricky decided to let it fly and Mookie came up with the catch. And uh, that one goes down in history for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Giz coming up between seven 30 and eight tonight. That's going to be awesome to catch up with him. Kenny Stafford and a Darius Bowman scheduled for tomorrow and uh, Dave Cutler and others coming up later in the week. It's uh, it's been fun. And it was great to have Brian Kelly on the show last night. You missed that. Go to the inside sports page on 630chet.com. Sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you uh, sign up for the podcast, Canned Ham, an Inside Sports Canned Ham, gets delivered straight to your door. I, I just want to get to one more key clip from Solomon Elamimian from last night's show, the president of the CFL Players Association. I asked him, are you worried about a lot of players perhaps retiring, not coming back to play in the spring and the summer because they've uh, pursued other avenues of income with the season being canceled i've had you know um, many players you know text call and ask if there's going to be a 21 season because as you know right now the bills don't stop coming um a lot of people have to make hard decisions for their families right so those are questions that we just can't answer right now because the league really hasn't made a decision um which is needed so um that's that's the hard part as you all know the football career Prayers are short. I want to say two and a half years to three years. So you could see, you know, some players, if you know, decide to move on because at the end of the day, it's about providing their family. And I know players have been, you know, juggling the ideas of whether to move on or to kind of 
you know, they'll hang around because they do love this great game. Um, they're able to connect with, with many of the fans, and that's one thing that, you know, I could say our players are, you know, you know, proud of is connecting with the fans and, you know, doing different outreach programs. So those are all decisions that each player has to uh, take in consideration. Solomon Ella Mimian, great to have him on the show last night. So uh, we're going through Grey Cup week, a lot of memories, a lot of stories. We're looking ahead to next season. Same goes with the National Hockey League. We haven't had as much discussion in the last couple days as we did last week. Uh, There continues to be uh, meetings being held, um, upwards of uh, 16, 18 players on the return to play committee. They only had five when they came back in the summer. So they're, they're working on plans. The fact that the NBA came out with some details tonight is significant. Now, the NBA had already announced that they're starting December 22nd with 72 games. We have not progressed that far with the National Hockey League, but I think when the NHL does say, okay, these are the dates for training camp, start of the season, that then shortly after that we get announcements like the NBA made tonight about the format of the season, format of the schedule, format of the playoffs. The NBA will, again, play 72 games. They usually play 82. They will expand the playoffs from 8 to 10 in each conference and have a little play-in tournament for those seeds, though the seven and eight seeds will have an advantage over the ninth and 10th seeds. It doesn't seem like from what Gary Bettman has said in the past that the National Hockey League would would expand the tournament like they did this year. Bettman, has, he likes the 16 teams. He likes what many of you call the loser point, the point for, for losing an overtime or a shootout. I wouldn't expect those things to be modified this year. I don't know what they would do if if, if they have the divisions – and they go with a Canadian division. Well, there's your seven teams right there. That leaves the other 24 in the States to be divided up into three divisions of eight. Uh, if they get to 56 games, that means the Oilers are playing a couple other Canadian teams 10 times and the other ones nine if they stay in Canada for the whole season. So that, that would be quite a schedule. A lot, a, lot, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the same opponents on the schedule over and over again. Now, I don't know if they, for the playoffs... They would just say it's the top four in each division and you continue playing down from there. Or if maybe if you get into May and maybe you can travel a bit more, maybe they have some crossovers for the playoffs uh, so you, you get a, a greater variety of opponents on the way to the Stanley Cup. That would, that would all be answered along the way. Anyway. I'm sure I, 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 certainly the NHL has to give us something before the end of the month. I mean, a week ago, I was thinking it was going to be by the end of this week. And it still maybe could be. Maybe we get something Thursday or Friday. I, I but I think uh, I, I think they're they're trying to move this along pretty quickly. And once it starts coming out, a lot is going to be announced. All right, we got the seven thirty. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. News and weather, and then one of the all time greats, one of your all time favorites, Henry Gizmo Williams on Inside Sports when we get back. Plays, great players, unforgettable championships. It's Green and Gold Grey Cup Week on 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Oh, yeah, and I'm excited. 
excited to talk to this young man. Won a couple of cups with the green and gold. The greatest kick returner in pro football history. And one of the nicest and most energetic gentlemen you will ever meet. Please welcome back to the show, Henry the Gizmo Williams. Henry, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Uh, trying to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> How How's life been treating you? I know... Uh, you know, sometimes I'd see you at the Commonwealth Rec Center uh, training people. I know things have changed for a lot of people when it comes to fitness and stuff like that. Uh, How has it been for you? It, it, it knocked me down a lot. It, you know, a lot of my clients, you know, we go to the gym a lot, and the hours, they hurt us a little bit. So, yeah, it put me in a back hole for a while, so I'm just trying to find something else to do right now. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you've helped a lot of people, and, and I and I know you love doing it. What what do you when you when you, when someone comes to you and says, "Giz, I, I want to get in better shape," where do you start? I mean, to me, that sounds like a, a daunting assignment. Uh, the first thing I start off is trying to get their mind focused on it first. Make a commitment uh, coming in there all the time. So if I put you on a program uh, three days a week, I want you to tr- make a commitment of coming in, and don't worry about trying to lose the weight and. Uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. The main thing you want to do is focus on your mind and getting yourself together first. And I once, I figure once you get that, then everything else going to fall into place. Everybody say, I'm a great motivation, but I think you motivate yourself when you put yourself in that position and say, you know what, I want to dedicate myself to doing this. And a lot of people ask me, they say, what, dedi- what made you stay in the fitness so long? I said, well, you know, I did it for 18 years for somebody else because if I didn't get in shape, you know, I wasn't going to make the team. So I figured, you know, I felt good doing it when I was playing football. Why come? Why I can't do it for myself right now. What's the connection between fitness and weight? In our society, do we put too much emphasis on on weight, or what's the connection in your mind? On the weight? What do you mean, weight training or putting the weight on? No, like, you... like how, how much you weigh. I mean, people, like, because you said, oh, well, God, people yeah. want to lose weight, but you said, well, maybe don't don't always think about that. No, don't always focus on that right now. Focus on trying to get your, your – the main thing you want to focus on is trying to get yourself feeling good. Once you feel good, the weight's going to come off by itself. You see what I'm saying? If you're not feeling good, you ain't going to never lose the weight because your mind controls your body. When you're not doing things like that, that's what ends up happening. So I think the most important thing, don't worry about trying to come to the gym, what you look like, and people are going to look at me. You worry about how you feel because how you feel is the most important thing. It ain't what other people see in you. It's what you see. When people come to me and say, you know, this is what I want to do, I say, you know what, I'm not going to do this. This is for you. This is all about you. Giz, you spend a lot of your life helping other people feel healthy, but I know from seeing you around the rec center, you're you're still in awesome shape yourself. How much? How often do you train, and what kind of stuff do you do now? I, I still do it. Uh, I don't do as much as I do when I play football. I, I try to get more running in. Now, I like a little bit more running a little bit. I like my cardio more than anything. Weights now, I'm not in there to try to lift the whole gym again. So what I'm doing now, I just maintain everything. So I like to set up a program where I do a circuit training, where I do di- eight different exercises. takes about 45 to 50 minutes. And then after that, I like to put in about 20 minutes of cardio. So that's what's your... Di- Go ahead. Sorry, what's your what's your diet like? 
I don't really look at a diet that much. For me, I just try to eat a little bit healthier. I still like my junk food sometimes. The main thing is I try not to eat too late at night, and I try to eat a lot of fruit and vegetables because that's one of the things that it's a lot of fiber in it, and it helps break down the food and, you know, your digest system and make you go to the bathroom a lot and drinks a lot and drink a lot of water. That's one of the main important things. I tell clients, don't worry about too much of the diet, not unless you're really, really obese or something, then you have to really go on a diet. But most of the time, I just try to tell them, drink a lot of water, eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, and try not to eat too late at night. That's the main thing. Because once you eat late at night, that food that you eat there, that you eat supper right about 5 o'clock. Okay, that's a good time, 5 or 6 o'clock. Then you turn around, and then later on that night, everybody gets the munchies. So, okay, I want to have me a sandwich or something around about 8 or 9 o'clock before I go to bed. You don't understand. The food that you ate at 5 or 6 o'clock is in the storage part, so your body trying to break that down, okay, for tomorrow. If you eat something else after that within the next three or four hours, that food just going to sit in your stomach. That's why some people wake up in the morning and say, oh, sometimes I get up in the morning and I feel upset because the food that you ate at 5 o'clock is, is trying to process itself and break itself down. The food that you ate at 9 o'clock is just sitting there. So it's just going to store fat, so it's going to go in your stomach. It's going to find places, you know, they can go and, and you know, put the weight on. Giz, I, I, I love talking to you about that because you're so passionate about it. I, I, I am going to get to football, but I do want to give you one more just sort of fitness topic question. Like, you're, you're such an energetic guy. You're such a positive person. To me, this is like the perfect job for you because it's, it's, it's physical and, and you're so good at connecting with people. And there must be so many success stories where you work with somebody for, I don't know, three, six months or, or a year. And, and they can say, like, Giz, look, look, you know, you can actually see the, the progress and how much healthier you made someone feel. Oh, God, I have people. I haven't had so many people come to me. I work with all. A lot of trainers don't like to take on. Um, I would say people like with Parkinson, MS, you know, things like that. My goal is I, I believe that's easy to train to me. You see what I'm saying? Because they already know what it takes to get there. I like the people that come to me, just an everyday person, saying, you know, I want to get in shape and fit. Those are the ones I like because that gives me something. If somebody comes to me with pain or something, something that, you know, oh, I, I'm, I had this problem for so long. Those are the kind of people I like working with because I know there's a way that you can get in shape and you can get focused and you can get yourself back on the ball the way you want to go. But if you're trying to put yourself in a position, the main thing, you have to focus on your mind first. Focus on your mind. Why is I'm doing this? Why, you know, you can work for your company for 30 years. You know, you can work for something somebody else for, you know, and you, and you put in nine or eight hours a day. When... You're going to figure out, you're going to put something in for yourself. When are you going to do something for yourself? And that's what I always tell people. Don't worry about, you know, what I did later, what I used to look like. How are you going to feel now down the road? So the obvious of putting yourself together now is what's going to make you feel like later down the road. You know, those are things that are going to keep you going. Like I can still, I can't run as fast as I used to run. I can lift almost the same weight that I was lifting because I'm maintaining everything. But the most important thing, I felt good when I was doing it. You know, when I was training football, why come I can't still feel the same way now? That's my motivation. Everybody said, are you getting ready to play football again? No. <laughs> this, is the way, this is the way I felt when I was training, when I was playing football. So this is the way I like feeling all the time now. Gizmo Williams, joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, transitioning to football a little bit, and I'll kind of combine the two topics here. From, from your playing days in green and gold, 
who was who was a teammate that you always admired for how they kept themselves in in great physical shape? I know I know every athlete has to do it, but there were was there a guy where you thought, man, this this guy uh, this guy's got it going on here? You know, one of, one of the guys with me, you know, that I, I trained with a lot. One of them was uh, Willie Plath. He trained a lot of times with me, the linebacker Willie Plath, who won the MVP for five years in a row, linebacker. You know, Willie Plath was one of those guys who maintained his body really good. And then I look at a guy like, um, if you watch Damon Allen, who played for so many years too, Damon Allen was the type of guy, he always came in, you know, pretty good shape and always had a great year. Guys like that, those are the kind of guys that motivate you. You know, watching a guy like Brian Kelly, his off-season workout. You know, when I first came here, Brian was in his, I think probably about in his uh, ninth or tenth year, and then I watch him the way he trained all the time, and you know to keep yourself in shape. And, and you know, as a rookie, you you sit there and say, you know, would I be able to play that long or keep myself in shape like that? But you watch how these guys go through, and then you decide to say, you know, this is what I want to be. I want to be like these guys. I want to go. I want to come in on top, and I want to go out on top. And watching guys like those guys, those were some of the guys that I like. You know, watching. Well, we had Brian Kelly on the show last night, so that's awesome that, that you mentioned him. Who who's harder? Who was harder to tackle? You or Damon Allen? Uh, <laughs> I was probably more faster to catch. Damon was more swift. I think Damon was more, you know, lucid to cocker than I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, and he played forever, like you said. Okay, let, let's. Uh, we played the highlight earlier. It's it's one of the most famous plays in CFL history. Maybe the most famous play ever in a Great Cup for Edmonton, 1987. The missed field goal return. Uh, if somebody, if somehow someone listening hasn't seen it, just check it out on YouTube today. Um, I, I, I know you probably get asked about it a lot, but but it is Grey Cup week here. Let's go there. Take me back through that play, the missed field goal, and and off to the races you go, and uh, and you get the touchdown. How do you remember it? Um, the, the thing I remember about that 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 game and the Grey Cup, I remember when we went there in eighty six in nineteen eighty six. And um, we lost the Great Cup then. You know, we went there and we lost. That was my first year here in Edmonton. That was one of the big, one of my first big championship games. And I kept saying to myself, man, I wish I had, opp- I hope I get an opportunity to go back and play in that game again. And unfortunately, you know, God answered my prayer. We got a chance to go back in 1987. The thing I remember about the game when I was running Lancaster, he was a coach at the time. I'm sorry, Joe Fergella was the coach at the time because Jackie Parker started off, then he got sick. He had to leave, and Joe Fergella came in. All I remember Joe telling us in the locker room is that, guys, when you get to this position in your life in one of these games, if you don't win it, it don't mean nothing. All that hard work that you put in and all the, the sweat, the tears, and crying, and you know, and all that, he said it don't mean that if you don't win it. So don't walk out of this locker room if you don't want to win. And he said for the guys, who was here last year when we lost it, you know what the feeling's like. When I got on that football field, I kept saying to myself, and I remember the coach always say, do your part. Don't worry about nobody else's part. Do your part, and, and whatever you do, try to put yourself, put the team in a position to win the game. And as I was thinking about that when I was on the football field the whole time, I didn't know I was going to run a punt return back. I mean, a missed field goal back. I kept saying to myself, if I can keep the ball in good field position for us, you know, we had two, we had three quarterbacks at the end, and they all in the Hall of Fame. Mac Dunnick can start the game off. He got hurt. David Allen came in, finished the game, and we also had Trace the Ham as a rookie. You know, in case something happened. And all I kept saying to myself, man, if I can just keep this ball in good field position, and I never get talking to Damon. Damon's a kid. 
Do like you've been doing all year long. Keep me in good field position. I'll put points on the board. And I can never forget when that, that one thing I remember about that punt return is when Hanker listed, I always watch, I mean, uh, Lance Charman, always watch guys when they're kicking the ball, you know, during the halftime or right before the game. I try to watch that and see what they try to do and how they like, you know, some guys like to kick to the right side. Some guys like to kick to the left. Some guys, you know, they play, they, they, the, the um, kickers play their ball like a, a golfer. They like to fade the ball coming in from the right or they like to fade it. So as I was watching Hank, I noticed Hank, as he kicked the ball, he liked to always kick it to the left side and bring it in from the right. On my first, or if you go back and look at that uh, kickoff, if you go back and look at the 1987, that first field goal, he missed the first one on the left side. I didn't run that one as far as back, you know, as normal. And then the second one, he faded, but it came all the way to the right side this time. He tried to put, he tried to bring it in, and it came all the way to the right side. As I caught the ball from the left side of the football field, the first guy come down, Randy Abose, he still talk about this, <laughs> the commissioner. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, I go, ain't nowhere in the hell I'm going to let this lineman stop me. You know, he's the first one. <laughs> the lineman come down. And I figure, once you get through that first wave, you got it. And all of a sudden, I remember Randy come down. What he was doing, he had good contain, because a lot of times what they try to do, they try to make you come in the middle. So what happened, he came down to the outside, but wasn't nobody inside of me. I gave him a little fake outside, and I came back inside, and then I went back outside. And from there, I had a wall of guys. I can, I can, I can name the guys, Larry Rupp, Donnie Wilson, Brian Wallace, Mike McClain. You know, uh, all these guys was leading me up down the sideline. And I never get Stanley Blair hit some guy. I had to jump over him. If you watch the film, I jumped over the guy that he hit. And then me and Donnie just running down the field by ourselves. He missed Hank Elizabeth. Hank, I mean, not Hank. Lance Trumbull caught me when he got in the end zone, but he I, I never forget after the game, he said, yes, I caught you. I go, yeah, but after I scored a touchdown, I was tired. <laughs> but it was, well, yeah, it was, eventually it was you got to stop running and they'll catch you. <laughs> it, was one of my greatest, it was one of my greatest moments, you know, that in, 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 um, in one of my football history. The other was in uh, the 96th grade cup. I did the same thing about 10 years later in uh, Hamilton when we played uh, – the Toronto Argonauts, I ran a kickoff back in that in the snow game. I ran one back in that in the Great Cup. So I always say to myself, I'm the only guy that ran a public, I mean, a kickoff in one Great Cup and do it again 10 years later. And I do it again against Toronto in 1980 and 1996. <laughs> Well, I remember that too, and that game was crazy because of the snow. Unfortunately, oh. you guys kind of got screwed on a on a call there where Flutie would have oh. fumbled. Did you did you have to change your shoes or your running style when it was snowing and slippery? Yeah, a lot of times you do. You don't overstride when you're running. One thing about when you're playing in the snow, I love the cold weather and the ice that feel when it's slick like that because now it works to the returner advantage because a lot of guys now have to break. When they come down, they have to break down. And once they break down, you can almost run past because now they're trying to reach and grab you a lot of times. That was one of my main things. I really like – I didn't like playing in the cold weather because I was cold, but I liked the cold weather and the slip and feel because it was an advantage for me because a lot of times when the guys come down and they break down, that's when I pick up speed because now they can't turn, and you can't, you know, a lot of times you can't move, but if you just hit the seam in the cold weather, a lot of times you're going to break. You're most going to get a lot of yards because most of the time the field is too frozen. Guys, they can't turn and do it. Some of the athletes who are 100%, 
that bring them down to like 60 or 70 percent. So it was kind of it was kind of nice being in those kind of conditions. I, I don't think you've ever told me that before. That when you first said you like cold weather, I was like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" But now I get it. No, because the other guys I, were slipping oh, no, out. People didn't, didn't know what I used to do too. I used to wet my jersey a lot too. I told a lot of guys, they go, "What do you do?" I said, "Sometimes I wet my jersey when it get real cold. Put a little water on because it turns the ice and they can't grab it no way because it's slippery." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that's, that's uh, all the little tricks, right? That's what I love. All the little things anything, that uh... anything, anything you can do to win the game, I guarantee you, it was it was exciting. The only game I had a problem with, the coldest game that I ever played, and I played in two cold games, a lot of cold games, but the two that I can really remember when I played with the Philadelphia Eagles, we played the New York Giants. It was Mount of Fifty Two, and that was cold. And then the other game, the other game that I remember playing it, we played in the Western Family against Doug Flutie in Calgary in 1993, and it was 947. And it was so funny, the week before the Great Cup, it, it was 947, and snoring the whole game, they had to stop the game locker, they had to go out there and clean the lines off the football field. That's when Doug Flutie's hand froze on the 10-yard line, he threw the interception. But let me tell you something, I tell everybody this joke, I go, I have never cheered so much for Doug Flutie in one of those in, in one of those uh in one of those uh offense when he was going down the football field, I was so cold. I was like, Doug, get one more first down because 'cause I'm freezing. Just get one more first down. <laughs> <laughs> I said, just get one more first down. I'm freezing out here. <laughs> but it was that was one of the coldest games I ever played in the Western Found in nineteen ninety three. But and you we were, made a that you made a big play in that game by getting the the no yards penalty to set up the final drive. That was exactly. right. Yeah, the guy came down and hit the well. You know what? It was so funny that when you just bring it, you, you made me bring up something about the new rule that came into the game. What happened with the new rules in the game when I was playing football game and the new rule that they have now? We I helped them vote for the new rule when I was playing. When I was playing, it was only you get hit a guy. It was only five yards, and the guys used to do that on purpose to me, and they'll come down the football field. And I used to tell the referee all the time, and he said, Giz, ain't nothing we can do. He said, it's five yards. I said, I don't care if it's five yards. The guy intentionally doing it every time, you know, he'll come down the football field and hit me, and that's what the guy said on the news. Uh, I used to hear the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when we used to get ready to play them. They go, how you going to stop Gizmo? He said, well, we don't stop him. We just going to go down and hit him. We'll take five yards, which I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but you know what? To me, that was hurt me because I didn't have opportunity. But uh, now they changed the rule now. If you hit a guy now, it's 15 yards. And the new rule they have now, that when a guy punt the ball, nobody can leave it to the ball that's punt now. See, when I was playing the game, as soon as the ball snapped, you, was, you know, you could run down the football field. Can you imagine? I got 26 punt returns now, 28 called back on penalties. Can you imagine that new rule they have now? And the guy that's, you know, you have to hold the ball. You cannot move until the ball is kicked. God, I probably have 30. 35,000 touchdowns right now. Yeah, absolutely. Giz, we got to do this again. I, I'm sorry we're running out of time. I'm just going to read you one text I got from a listener who identifies himself as a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan, and I think you're going to understand the spirit in which this text was sent. This okay. Rough Riders fan says, tell Giz I think he is a lovely man and an all-time great, and that respectfully, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I tell you the story about Saskatchewan right quick? Yeah, Absolutely. It was a real quick one. So Saskatchewan, that's one of my favorite teams to go play. So I'm playing in Saskatchewan. They fans are just unreal. And me and Damon Allen, we're warming up before the game. 
And this little old lady behind the bench, she kept saying, Gizmo, Gizmo. And David Allen said, Giz, go say hi to the old lady. I go, no, I don't talk to fans. He go, man, don't be like that. Go over there and say hi to the lady. So I run over there, and I said, she she was she was leaning over here. She pointed at me. She said, you Gizmo Wheel? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you run a touchdown on this football field, I'm going to beat the hell out of you with this cane. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I used to tell everybody. Damn, now to go, what'd she say? She said, have a nice game. I think I said, you know what? Wouldn't that be nice for me to make the TN, TSN highlight of the night? Henry Gizmo win, runs the touchdown. But wait a minute. Grandmama's beating the shit out of him with a cane in his zone. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Giz. Hey, man, uh, thanks for doing this. I, I always love having you on the show. I, I hope we can do it a, a little more often because I always enjoy our okay. chats so much. Fans love hearing from you. A lot of texts saying that they, they miss seeing you play. They love seeing you play. All the best, and, uh, you know, I know you're enjoying life, so just keep plugging away, man. All right, now, and tell the fans, you know what, I'm missing the game too. NFL is great right now, but it's not better than the CFL, and I hope they can get it where the fans can come back to the game because that's what makes the game so exciting. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting me and supporting Eskimo, and I want to say one thing. Rest in peace, Joey. I love- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. <laughs> well said. That's the Giz. Green and Gold Grey Cup Week on Inside Sports. Back in a minute. That was the Giz. That was awesome. Green and Gold Grey Cup Week here on Inside Sports tomorrow with Darius Bowman and Kenny Stafford. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. My name's Reed. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.